At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Alright guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Titus, your host today, and I'm joined with my good friend, Dave Corley. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Titus. Thank much. Pretty pretty day out here in St. Louis. Um, doing well. Just been running and gunning. Got some new shipments in lately of calls and such. So, yeah, can't... Uh, can't complain and if we did no one would listen anyway right <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know you'd be surprised it's some, kind of amazing what some people listen to and spend their time and energy into but uh yeah so you've been on here enough times and those of you that are listening right now if you don't if you haven't heard an episode with dave on it dave is does a lot of things i think he wears uh a lot of hats, but one of the things uh, that always interests me, I mean, all all those things you do, Dave, interests me, but um, he owns a company, uh, UpperDuck.com, and if you're into waterfowling at all, which I think a majority of you are that listen to this podcast, Dave owns a company called Upper Duck, and they he sells calls, all kinds of different calls, specialty calls is what I guess I, I feel, is, is that how you would kind of describe it? Dave? Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we do a lot of, well, like you just mentioned, specialty stuff, but you know, a lot of the run of the mill as well, you know, basic colors to basic J frames to what we feel are the best really of the, of the basics, if you will. And the way I say that I try to, you know, get through the meaning of, yeah, it's like, the best of the best. There's a lot of great calls out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we never sell that, you know, we probably will never sell. Mm. And, um, you know, the layers calls, the RNT calls, Tim's Tim grounds calls, Riceland, uh, you know, Polk pattern, you know, Chris Polk does a great job. We're going to be carrying some other calls of his as well. Um, yeah. So we, we really, pride ourselves in looking for what we feel and what we've used out there on a daily basis and then trying to make that available to the masses on a, you know, more available, uh, time frame, if you mm-hmm. will, mm-hmm. until COVID hit. And then things have been, you know, a lot tighter and harder to get mm-hmm. and, and on a more timely matter. But, uh, 
you know, it would be great if we can even get it to an, to the next scale, and that's our plan. Um, but, you know, some of the best groups can only make so much as well. Right, so, right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciate you saying, you know, some of the custom and some of the, uh, you, you know, things that we do because we do things differently than everybody else by far. I mean, you can open up, you know, a magazine that you might get once a year in the mail, right? In mm. August, September. And there's 40 to 50 different call makers in there. Mm. And that's great for them. Um, it's, you know, for us, we like to choose a handful and, and make it uh, a, a place some, you know, duck hunters can go and look at some of the great things available that we prove out, you know, in the blind. We, you know, we get people asking us all the time, hey, can we send you our calls and, you know, just try them out and then put, you know, here's 50 of them on your site. Like we, we just don't like to operate like that. We like to run calls for a whole season or more and see what works and what mm. we feel might need some help uh, mm. on. And uh, we'd be always happy to get feedback. Uh, can't be everything to everybody. So we just try to be what we feel is the best of the best to those who um, are looking for things that are already proven out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good definition of it, of what you guys do and your site. And um, I'm going to try to say this in a way. I thought about doing this with without you on the, the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put you on a spot in it. Hopefully I don't make you feel <laughs> uncomfortable or anything. But <clears throat> for the listeners, I'm more saying this for them. Um, well, let me ask you this first. How long, and I know I kind of pick on uh, J.J. Letters and, uh, you know, Brett Crow a lot while you're on here just because I think because he is a California guy and it is by far my favorite call. Um, and that's mainly, I haven't dipped into, um, Oh, my mind just went blank. Uh, the other type of call that I usually, I just kind of started blowing last year. My, my brain's going blank. Um, cut down, cut down. Yeah. I just started dipping into it. And me and you had a phone conversation the other day about, how to you, air presentation, all that, you don't even think about that. But I think it's because you've been blowing duck calls so long. I could totally see where you're coming from because most regular <clears throat> duck calls, I'm the same way, right? Like I don't think about it. But I think, did you start on cut downs or where, where was like your, what was your first duck call out of curiosity? Because I'm going somewhere with this when I'm asking you right now. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So f- going back and, my first duck calls that I ran were more of the cut down styles. Mm-hmm. My dad, and I'm, I could stare at it right now, look over to the side, and his original ult that he had is now sitting on my shelf. And that's, you know, that ult and a couple of others that he has, um, and a couple of other just kind of imitation cut down ults, you know, mm-hmm. uh, were ones that I. I learned on. So, you know, my dad wasn't like a competitive caller or by any means. He only got the duck hunt, you know, sparingly, if you will. He's a school teacher, couldn't take off work, you know, weekdays. He couldn't take off weekdays. So, uh, you know, long story short, we go on weekends and he, he blew what he thought would, was, you know, yeah. an imitation of a, of a duck. And he, he, and he, you know, he was always in great shape and he could, put a lot of air through a call mm-hmm. and, and back then I, I didn't know the difference between a cut down and a regular J frame or anything. 
um, or a Tennessee style or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. But so I, yeah, I started pushing a lot of air because I just watched him and listened to him. Yeah. And then, you know, I think what happened was I started getting the J frames and I was pushing a lot of air through them. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I would only find a couple that I really, really liked. Mm -hmm. I remember when the Daisy cutter first came out, I was running a, an original uh, R&T and the Daisy cutter came out and I was just like powering through that. And the guy that was selling it to me up here in St. Louis, Doug Baugh, who's still in the duck world and was that is out at Purdy farms. And anyway, that's another whole story, but Doug said, yeah, you kind of got a chance to run this thing. Most guys, you know, can't, <laughs> right. um, or, or at least on the first run, uh, type of thing. So yeah, I, I've always probably overblown calls or um, love the cut down, love the longer read stuff. That's why I love the Maghan A5 or even a hybrid with a long read. But, you know, that's another reason maybe why I can, you know, a lot of, I myself can blow, a lot of guys can blow a T1 with a 7.5 or an 8.0 in it mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a couple guys um, around the St. Louis area duck clubs that will blow a nino read in a in a True. T1 layers. I I really don't. Um, but you know, to kind of fall back to your question more, yeah, I, the the cut down is something that you have to use different air presentation in most people to get it to sound like it should and to make it work like you know it should. Yeah. So you know that's why I talk about them and I love them and. And then, you know, 10 years ago, really got to spend a lot of time starting to spend time with Jim Ronquist back then. And it was just the regular mono, then the LT and, you know, then the LA cut. And I probably fell in love most with that LA cut. I might have talked about that. Um, and then actually just recently, I just, you know, I we talked last about what calls are on the lanyard, you know, mm-hmm. what would you have mm-hmm. today? And I think I mentioned the LA and I went down to my duck room and um, there it is on my lanyard the last day of the season and i had my jim ronquist rock and r by r and t and i totally forgot to mention that because that last year that's what i did have always in my bag at some point um on every single hunt that pulled out every time no but i blew it a lot especially late season as well really ran that uh black rock and r with just a silver band on it. And then I uh, got a, you know, mine's did a batch with some gold inlay. And uh, I'm telling you, that thing has just been like an oak tree. I mean, mm. I didn't tune it, change it, nothing. And uh, st- sounded exactly the same as I did when I started the season. Mm. And, uh, you know, Jimbo and I, like I said, we, we talk about that call now either in the off season and uh, you know, it's it's just a great it's a great overall you know call to have in your you know in your bag of tricks for sure. So does that help you out when you know? Yeah, I kind of want I kind of want to come back to I kind of want to come back to that rock and R that was actually on my my little separate list that we discussed okay. because you mentioned it like you said on the last one but we didn't dig in so I kind of have some questions I want to ask you on that but to kind of follow along why I was asking you about. Uh, your first call and stuff kind of goes into how basically um, I'm going to kind of skip some stuff real quick and go into you. You mentioned on the last one, how your friends was so pretty much all these guys 
that you have their calls on your site, your your personal friends with, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of. I mean, I just was at a uh, trap shoot charity event on Saturday, and some of the several of the guys that were there, guys that I hunt with, one guy that you know uh, I hunt at his club, and then a couple of the guys as well, either hunt next to us or we go hunt now on trips with them or we hunt with them during the season mm-hmm. back and forth at each other's clubs. So, oh yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great brotherhood for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, we know Brett Crow lives in uh cheap, well, his shops in Chico for uh, JJ Lairs and mm-hmm. you're out, you're, you know, you're out East for us. And yeah. Um, but how long have you known Brett? I mean, you guys have been friends for quite a while too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. 10 years. And of course I always knew of him before that. Mm. Uh, and I knew of his, you know, his duck calling contest out there at worlds in Easton. And I knew some other guys that knew him, um, some guys around here that are, that were kind of in the call contest, uh, scene, mm. whether it was, uh, Jason Matheny, um, you know, a few other guys, Steve Kitchen, think you know, guys like that knew him better. And I think Steve's even in the waterfowl and outdoor sales space. You know, he mm-hmm. sells Sitka and he sells R and T and stuff. So and he so he knew a lot more guys than I did from outside this area. So then, you know, when we started Upper Duck ten years ago, you know, Brett was I called him up and said, Hey, you know, here's my concept, here's the business plan. And uh, that's when we started, you know, actually doing business together. Mm-hmm. So I still had the very first call he sent me. Oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, what is so it? I I it's a uh, hybrid in all black polish with a gold band. And the gold band now, or brass band now, is heavily tarnished. It is like almost dull, uh, dull light, a dull dark brown, I guess what I might call it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, you know, don't do anything to it. It's just all character now. Um, so he sent me that call along with my first order. I don't know if I, maybe I went through this before. Like the first so. order uh-uh. ever, 10 years ago was, was like six calls, <laughs> put them on the site. They sold like right away. like a week later, I went to 12. Then we went to like 24 and we're doing 48 at a time. You know, now we get like 400 to, 500 calls in so uh, yeah that very first call that you know he ever sent me that i kept to always run because i you know i had ran layers before had an older one and wasn't in great condition i had even bought it secondhand i never had bought a a new one prior to that i just did a great secondhand uh purchase or trade on one and then just fell in love with it so what was was your uh, thoughts the first time you blew one yeah, the first time actually I ran a layer, so I it was funny because it had that shorter read in it, mm-hmm. the regular five O, and I kind of overblew it, mm-hmm. and then I was trying to figure out, you know, because it's kind of funny. I've ran into a couple of guys that have said, "Oh yeah, I, I love these layers. You can put a lot of voice in them and things like that." And so I kind of did in the beginning, and I and I, I learned personally for me, I'm like, I I do nothing. I just blow air through you know, out of my, out of my system that is just make zero noise. I try to make zero sound or right. side effects right. sounds coming out 
and just let the call do all the work. Yeah. So do you think there is no, calls that you need to do that with? Because I feel like I don't think you're. I've always been a, like the mindset of do not use voice, do not grunt and growl and all that. But maybe there is. Maybe it's just because of the calls I started out with and blow now. Maybe there is calls that you're supposed to do that with. You know. Again, I wish there was a manual on some of these calls right. because they just, I never really had one that came with one. And, and uh, I know I, I know guys still talk about, oh, this call is great and you can grunt real well into it. And I think if you ask anybody from like the Brett Crows and the Jim Ronquists and the, uh, you know, guys that are probably top tier, you know, of all like calling contest guys, um, Corey Nickham, I can just kind of go on and on. Seth Fields, I'd say if I were to call up my buddy, you know, Brett Edelman right now, who's done well in contests say, Brett, you know, what do you, what, what calls do you grunt in? He'll probably say none of them ever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because they're the, those guys are just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'd let, they know how to bend a read and do all that versus probably putting voice into it. Um, but I like the average person, you know, average caller, either they learned from somebody else or they heard about it or they tried it and, or they just don't know. So maybe they, they do, but I can tell you that I've gone away from it anytime in the past. I have mm-hmm. years ago. I haven't done that, but I've also been around a lot of like world-class callers who have taught me to just, push air yeah and you know you can i've seen some guys on videos or whatever turn calls around and try to blow from the other end and say hey just how you practice whatever Mm -hmm. or you could just take the barrel off a call and practice blowing through and you know what i have done over the years work with guys that come to me i just try to say take the barrel off now act like you're you know calling the duck from 50, 75 yards away. And then if they're making noise or grunts or oof or goof, uh-huh. then you try to get them to just, just go, well, you couldn't really hear it, but that was, I just pushed air through my mouth and like it was going through a call, mm-hmm. but there was no noise or grunt or words really through it. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> I feel like, like you said, watching, watching any videos, um, that people put out trying to find something to send somebody that's trying to learn, you know, like, okay, let me go see if I can find something that would be a good instructional. There's a, um, uh, Brad, what's his name? You probably know him too. Um, Brad, his name's going out of my head right now. His last name. Brad samples maybe, or no, um, shoot. He makes his own calls too. And he does cut downs. Okay. He's in Arkansas. Uh, Elite duck calls. Elite. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember yeah, his last yeah. name. Yep. He does a great. He does one of the best tutorials I believe that's on YouTube of anybody. <clears throat> and if he's not the specialty guy at it, he'll actually call in. He has guys come in and film with him. That like say if it's a spec or something, he feels like he's not the top. He'll have a guy that is. You know, that's one multiple uh, worlds and stuff. But anyways, he does really good and never once in his videos, never once in any of the stuff that like really good duck callers have put on that have I ever seen them say grunt or, you know, make that noise. I almost think it's something like you said, someone that never been instructed or never looked nothing up and tried to learn on their own, which is totally fine, have kind of taught themselves to do. And then like you said, I think it passes it down. They're trying to cover in and bring that more deeper sound in, you know, 
which again, I'm not right. saying nothing wrong against anybody that does that. But I think that's what started that. Because like I said, I've never seen anybody saying in a tutorial as far as coming from professional callers to say, oh, grunt into it, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I think you're right. I remember there's a, uh, there was a, a video I saw regarding a right a spec call. It was um, – I can't – it wasn't Riceland. It was one of the – it might have been Redbone or mm. one of the others years ago in one of the tutorials was try to go, uh, you know, type of thing. But that's different when you're running a goose or, you know, the spec that's high-end type of thing. But, yeah, uh, Brad Allen, that's – Brad that, Allen, there you a, go. He's a you know, world champ. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So with the league, he's done a great job. They do actually. He's know, been really on this. Well he's been on the podcast too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many Brads and call makers <laughs> and everything. It's yeah. hard to get, hard to keep them all straight. I'm, I'm the same way. Uh, but you know, I think what it comes down to also is it's what you feel comfortable with. I mean, I, I, like I said, I had one guy who makes calls for a living who said, Oh yeah, I love my layers. I can put a lot of voice in it. I'm just like, okay, well, I would have never, you know, mm-hmm. I heard that once before 10 15 years ago, but I, I don't, I haven't done that, you know, uh, type of thing. So it, everybody's different and there's no right. There's no wrong. Uh, but you know, I think the, for the most part, if you're trying to improve and get an overall better sound out of a call. I think, you know, the most advice that I've got from the best guys out there um, has been just let the call do the work. And if mm-hmm. the call isn't working for you, you've got to try another call, yeah. you know? Uh, and then because if you're pushing air and it's a call squeaking on you or just sounding flat or whatever, it just might not be the best cut call mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, not a good cork not a good combination of the tone board and the cork or you know the reeds bad or what have you mm-hmm. uh, and that's you know that's when you get into you know guys you know helping you modify and or just have the the right reed cut and the right cork mm-hmm. the right cork cut for you if it's this traditional j frame that has that and then if it's like a layers, which is all everything's predetermined, laser cut, engineered, then it's just finding the right size read yep. for you and the right call for you as well. Yeah. That's a, that's a great tip. That's a really good tip. So go back, <clears throat> going back to Brett Crow, and you've known him for ten years, and and I think he uh, thinks very highly of you because sending you three, four, five hundred calls, he knows you're moving them through. But not only that, I think you guys are friend, you know, friends, right? Yeah. Well, Thomas, so Thomas, I'm bringing this up and I hope this don't make you uncomfortable at all, but, um, I, we became friends too, as well, you know, over the last, I don't know, a couple years or whatever, maybe not quite that long, but I feel like our friendship has definitely grown from the first time we ever talked, but, um, someone had there had, I saw, I had put a little story on Instagram, um, and for anybody that follows on Instagram that seen my story and maybe could I don't know tell you what what the backstory behind all that is um I don't know if it's just here it's probably everywhere but like I've got a lot of stuff over the years to where like why aren't you supporting this store that store that's right here in your hometown or whatever and uh, we all know Brett and JJ Lairds is right here in California and Chico so I mean that's 
that's and it if it if I didn't like their calls, I would it to me it doesn't matter where they're from, right? I think as waterfowlers, we're all supporting each other. <clears throat> and the better we get along, the better the sport will be and the longer it will last, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyways, they they were I've had people over the years like, Why don't you support this? Why don't you why are you having them on your podcast? Just dumb things people say or ask, you know, why aren't you having them on your podcast? Why are you always supporting guys in the Midwest? But it's like, well, it has nothing to do with that. It's whoever becomes my friend. And, you know, how do you know how many people I've reached out to here that don't want to talk or don't want to do something? But anyways, when I went on there and did that little story and then tagged. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. You guys, and said, hey, there's fresh calls up, by the way, and everybody listening to this right now, go check the site. There is definitely still some really good-looking calls on the site, as usual. A lot of new um, layers calls up, and... I think you might maybe release some special ones later, maybe this week. I don't know, but go on there, check them out. Um, I, I snagged up <laughs> a few, maybe two or three or four myself on this this last push of calls. I've been bugging poor Dave for a while about when we're getting some calls on the site. But <laughs> anyways, that, that story came up and I started getting people in my DMs, kind of like little nasty grams, like, oh, why aren't you, why are you buying from here? Why aren't you going over here to this store and that store? And I'm like, hold on a second. Well, I told Thomas about it. <clears throat> I didn't really say nothing. I said, hey, he's my friend, whatever. But Thomas brought up a really, really good point. And I don't even think you knew this, Dave. Okay. But this was probably four this might have been five or six years ago, actually, when we more when we first started our channel. There is a show at Kittles. Um, I, I don't know if you know of Kittles. 
Um, it's oh yeah, yeah, great, yeah, great group, great yeah. people, great store. I, I talk about that store all the time too, and they're local, right? For me, right? Mm-hmm. And they sell layers as well. <clears throat> and I bought my first layers from Kittles. You know, it was the first time I ever seen them. I went outside, blew them. And then a friend of mine told him, like, yeah, I blow that call too. And I was like, wow, I was impressed right away. Bought the first one and the rest is history. But anyways, um, they have a show every year. Um, I think it's usually at the end of July. Maybe it's in August where they have calling competitions. They have vendors come out. COVID really hurt that because they used to be a lot bigger and he's definitely bringing it back. It's getting bigger every year again and more vendors are coming back just you know, yeah, you know how it's good. been for everybody. But mm-hmm. anyways, Brett was there um, with his own booth and had several layers sent out beautiful calls. And Thomas is vlogging. I go, hey, I can't make it to this, this that show or whatever you want to call it, expo. But take the camera up there and vlog it and we'll put it up on the channel. Well, Thomas reminded me when I had telling him these people were saying stuff like us not supporting local people, which is not true at all. That's not how I am. That's not how I operate. <clears throat> but uh, he he called me up and goes, hey, I, I want to tell you something and remind you of something that Brett Crow himself said, because Thomas, he does a whole thing and I'll, I'll have to share it on Instagram so people can go watch that because that's so long ago. I'm sure a lot of, we probably only had like two or 3,000 subscribers at the, that time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he gave us a sound file on a few of the calls. I think it was his T1, maybe even the one that he actually won his competitions with. He did some really good sound okay. files. It's cool on this video. Then Thomas said, okay, hey, where can we find you? What is the best place to buy your duck calls? Guess what he said? <laughs> UpperDuck.com. And we're there. <laughs> and not to say that Brett wasn't saying, hey, come at Kittles, but he knows as far as an online store, no matter where you are in the world, that's where you can go buy a duck call. Like if you're in, if you're in Calusa, yeah, stop by Kittles and um, buy a call. That's not what he was saying, but for ease of use for people watching on the internet, that could be in Florida or Maine, you know, upperduck.com. Yeah. And I thought, wow, I didn't, I go, Thomas, I'm glad you remind me of that. Cause I didn't even think of that. He even knows that's where he pushes people <laughs> to for as far as online. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. So. A lot of people have told us to like, Hey, you guys like the Amazon of, you know, the best duck calls. Cause <laughs> we do ship out super fast and, you know, we don't have the availability right now every single week to week that we did pre COVID and early COVID. Um, but yeah, we, we pride ourselves on fast turnaround and trying to have a great selection and, you know, our customer service, I, you know, we put our names out there. We put our phone numbers out there and, you know, our email and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's also worked against us. I've had people who never bought a call from us, you know, unfortunately go after us and make mm. bad claims. Cause it turned out to be, you know, we did an investigation and all this stuff and find out who they were. And just, you know, unfortunate that some people go that route to try mm-hmm. to, you know, like you said, you get DMS from people saying, Hey, how come you aren't doing this or that? You, you're always going to get yep. those people who are, you know, just a they don't understand or b, you know, they're just always going to be complaining. Yeah, right. Yep. Uh, they don't know what it takes to go to to start your own business to put all the money into 
website design and management and marketing and right. get behind a brand and, you know, give it all you got and do hundreds of videos that are sound file videos. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go on our site and see all the videos we've done for sound files of the calls from mm-hmm. T1, small bore, um, you know, hybrid, Maghen, uh, A5, and then you got uh, short barrel, daisy cutter, original, LA Mondo, regular Mondo, shorty Mondo. You know, we got we got so many RT and so many uh, layers videos, sound files on our site that we put all that time and effort yep. into. And people get mad that when a buyer goes to our site and sees that and says, okay, yeah, thanks for doing that. I'm going to buy a call from you now. Yep. I don't know why they get mad. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, you know, it's, I guess, their, their prerogative, but. You know, it's some people who put a lot of effort and a lot of work and do all the right things. Other people don't seem to like that. They, mm-hmm. they, they say, well, you should give it to this group just because, you know, it's their turn or, you know, yeah. you saw how that works in politics. Right. Yeah. Um, not always very well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of great groups out there and other great groups that carry, you know, product and we support and, you know, I, gosh, I, I buy a lot of stuff from Cabela's.com, you know, yep. um, you, you know, it's just so many other really good people in, in this industry. And it's, you know, it's a shame that you get those who are just, I think I said this on that last call we had, uh, it's like, even I, we get people hating on us because we don't tag enough of our manufacturers or somebody who makes one acrylic or, whatever. And then they get on there. Like, How come you're tagging me? I'm like, well, I'm sorry, man. I just trying to get this post out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of went away from that. We're just like, you know, we're, there's a couple groups that work really, really well with us that are our, you know, absolute premier partners. And we talk all the time yep. and they're good people. So if you're good people and you treat people, other people well, and you treat your partners well, usually a lot of good things happen. Yeah. Um, yep. It's when, it's when, you know, <laughs> the treatment isn't good or the support isn't good. That's when things don't always, you know, work the best and people can go their other ways. That's fine, too. Right. Um, right. But, yeah, I, I, I just love the fact that you guys are in California. We're here in St. Louis Metro. And we, I've got so many people from here all the way to the East Coast that listen to you. And you know so many people from out there all the way out east that you know have bought from us and yeah. you know so it's it's uh it's really cool it's it just it's like it's a big brotherhood and mm-hmm. you know you, you can't all you can't make everybody happy no, and no. you know and um i i matter of fact i've always heard nothing but incredible things about you know kittles out there mm-hmm. um and i know brett's a big fan as well um and then you know after that it's like i know it seems like there's just like a lot of big shops and I'm like, well, we are at Kansas city Rogers, you know, they sh- sh- ship shells and gear, mm-hmm. you know, mostly yeah. I always, I buy shells from Rogers. Yeah. They also have sold layers in the past in an R and T. Wow. It's like, I'm not going to boycott them because they got the best prices right. on shells. Right. That's customer service for me on shells. Um, so yeah, I mean, th- this industry is also changing a lot and so much has gone to, you know, 
to digital to mm-hmm. to web based and you know Instagram and Facebook social media and all that stuff. So um, you know, I hope Kittles gets back and you know they have a great event. Do you know what there's coming up here this summer? I, yeah, I, you know what? I gotta look the dates up. I think it's always in August, and they do awesome. Yeah. They do awesome sales. I mean, they have really good uh, prices on ammo. Even through COVID, they were still doing that the best that they could, you know. And they also they do have a website. Um, mm-hmm. It's just I don't think they're getting as big of a batch of calls, probably, you know. So they go really quick. So that's that's part yeah. of the deal. But yeah, yeah. They, they go quick everywhere, and yeah, it's pretty right. funny. It's uh, um, you know, it and it's a power to everything's going way back to obviously the man who started it, Joe Lairs, and then. Brett, you know, worked there for years and, you know, then became, you know, sole owner. And, and what he continues to do is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you, and then you look at how many other people have said, I want to, you know, be like him and I want to, you know, be in the contest. I'm going to try to make a call, you know, so I think he's inspired. So has, you know, guys like R&T, you know, John, who was a world champion and uh, then, over and over and then you know and then he bought the company he bought rnt calls from butch and so there's a lot of great stories in the industry mm-hmm. and the guys are just like started on their own and started their own line and right. uh, they do their own thing and they're still doing it so yep. you know kudos, kudos to them and you know we're always looking to add and you know offer more stuff uh, sometimes it's just like i said really hard to get a lot of people that are you know making calls and if they're not different or to us you know if they're not going to be what we would use every day it's just you know we can't right. can't do it. we don't want to be that same company like i said who has 40 to 50 in the catalog and it's just not us right but, right yeah that's our differentiation one of them one of many so yeah yeah no that's good <clears throat> actually and, and i was looking it up it's usually yeah it's like the third week of august they do it they'll do a calling competition they'll have big sales on everything so yeah, I just got to, cool. you can check that out on their site. They have, it's kittlesoutdoor.com. And if anybody that is in that area, the Sac Valley or even in California, you can make a good drive. It's a, it's a worth event going to. It's fun. But um, now let's go back. Let's back up. And man, we had a lot of topics we were going to talk about, but we're already <laughs> 35 minutes in. And I'm like, man, we haven't <laughs> touched them. But time flies. Um, I want to, I want to, I did want to ask you, Maybe it's a quick answer, and that's totally fine. Is the rock and R? So, you had oh, mentioned good. it last time. Is is that a cork read? Or not a cork read? A cork, um, um, kind of a cork wedge. Yeah, cork yeah, system. Is it a, it yeah. is okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's and a, what what it's is it that you like about that call so much? I mean, well, I, it it does produce a lot of volume, and mm-hmm. you know, I think I mentioned this before. A lot of times, a lot of what I hunt it could be flooded, you know, either corn or, or timber pockets or right around the river. And you got to be, you know, loud on the days that there's a lot of wind or there's a front with wind or what have you. Cause you know, it, it seems like some of our best duck hunting days are when, you know, there's a front or there's a lot of wind and you got to cut through that. You know what I mean? Um, and if you're around a lot of, trees and you know over a, a, a levee but you see birds running right up on the levee or on the other side you got to try to bring them in you got to reach out and uh you know some 
places you're always on the X, right? Or some places you think you're going to be on the X that day and, you know, you can get, you can get skunked. You just never know, but it's always for me, I'd rather have, I think I talked about it last time, a call that you're able to always have that volume and then mm-hmm. learn how to manage it to bring it down. Mm-hmm. But I can't take a soft call and manage it to break it okay. out really loud. And um, so that's True. why I love the, the volume calls. Um, but no doubt when, you know, if it's just a cold day and it's a really light wind and birds are just dumping in and you're just trying to pull them 10, 20 yards further closer to you, I mean, you know, uh, then you you want a softer call. And that's when I always have that on my lanyard in mm. my bag as well. Um, but the Rock and R, I think the the overall difference of the sound it makes from a regular Mondo is what I have learned to love. It's to me, it's even closer to the old Olds than the Mondo is. Mm. So that's just probably why, you know, I had success with it and ran it a lot, you know, last Mm. year, always had it in my bag. Um, And, you know, maybe I'm a little spoiled too, because, you know, working with Jimbo every time he's here every year, in the St. Louis area at our big duck fest, you know, he's always giving me tips and everybody who buys a call there, mm-hmm. you know, is walking through stuff and you listen. And so, um, you know, I picked up one of the things he taught me years ago. He's like, he is, I don't say a word, but I, you know, as close as I can get to a hot or hot without pronouncing it, that's how he, you know, mm. kind of puts that pressure into a call and I've learned to just pop a lot of my air through a cut down that way. But again, I don't pronounce and I don't like uh, stop anything to make a sound. It's just, it's just like the, the framework of something of that just to get it out of the call fast and furious. Do you have <laughs> and a, that makes the pop, pop, you know, more you of the feel pop comfortable? of the bark. Hold on a second. Do you feel comfortable like demonstrating that? Like you don't have to hold it right up to the phone, but I've had guys do that in the past, like demonstrate something over and it's the sound file is still pretty good. Do you have a, a cut down? You could kind of just demonstrate for people maybe that are newer listening, just the sound you're talking about. Cause I, I know uh, what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I haven't ran this one in a bit. Hold on. Let me, let me just, yeah, maybe do like it. a little, do like a little sequence. You can set the phone down and just do a, Hold on one second. Let me try this. Okay. This is totally ad lib. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I caught you one. off hold guard. <laughs> no, no. Hold on a second. Okay. Kind of make it natural to round my gun lanyard on. Uh, I'll hold the phone off at least to the side. I'll just okay. give you a, a little taste of what I'm talking about. More of a popping mm-hmm. sound to get it to bark. I don't know how that came through. Yeah, good. So it sounds good. Yeah. So for me and guys that are, you know, cut the cut down experts out there that I've learned from, mm-hmm. it's more, I don't know if you heard it, but it's more about, you know, bop, 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 yeah. bop, versus a, you know, more of the, the drawn whiny. Uh, well, can you demonstrate you know, that? Cut. Can you, how about this? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I, I should talk to you about <laughs> before this. But sometimes that's the better content, right? So can you do the cut down, the pop, 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 and then 
and then grab whatever other call you want and go, wah, wah, you know, drag that out just to hear the differences because they are a huge difference in sound. All right. Let me, uh, <clears throat> let me, here I got an A5 that's like right on the front of my uh, call collector shelf. So I just set that down. All right. This is going to be interesting. It's, I got a piece of blue tape on it. It says it's a 7 0 read. So, okay. uh, all right. Let me do that. I'll do just, four to eight licks on a cut down and then I'll go to a layers a five. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Oh yeah. All right. Massive difference. That sounds good though. That came through good. good. I mean, that you, you, I gotta talk to you before we do another one of these. You gotta give me a heads up. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm running a call. Hey, if you don't want, hey, you can always tell me no. I, I won't. No, think I less of you. That's a, uh, <laughs> no, that's good. That's no, good. but that um, I've I, never. I hope that I'm, helps. It does. I think it will help people, and it's good for me to eat. I like having sound file, sound file stuff too to go back and reference to, like your site. Um, actually your channel, you do have the YouTube channel too, right? Where you have all those sound, a mm-hmm. lot of sound files. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I go YouTube, there, yeah. I go there a lot about a month before season just to like try to nitpick my stuff and go, cause those guys that you have blown, any of those guys on there are really good. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's what part I'm leaving out there. You know, you're just trying to fine tune every little thing you can. And some people maybe wouldn't notice that difference of that chop, chop, that pop, pop, you know, mm-hmm. the of the cut down and then you do that A five and just that whiny just wah 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 like it's it's just more arsenal in, in your bag, right? Yeah. Oh and it, it that's exactly it. It's um you know, they talk about mallards and they you know, they, when they're coming south migrating for that deep winter, they're they're looking to mate pair up, right? Mm-hmm. Find a mate. Mm-hmm. And when they when they do, they're looking for sometimes that exact same sound. They may have heard that hand that they've been following or whatever. Mm. I don't know, you know, again, I don't know the exact truth or, you know, specifications of all that. I just has I've heard some biologists talk about that. They're looking for, you know, a mate and it might be the same one they've always, you know, or they've heard before. Um, but this also the the i think the bottom line is you want to sound like ducks no matter what and sound mm-hmm. like you know hen that you're trying to attract but you know many times again the drake call works great too sometimes drakes are just like looking to hang out with others mm-hmm. other ducks and then they're they want to make sure they're not decoys because the last group of ducks they flew over that weren't moving much you know <laughs> he felt some things on his feathers he's like <laughs> i'm out yeah. <laughs> so you got to do some convincing, especially later in the season, you know, and we're halfway down the continent here it, where, where I'm in St. Louis and, you know, they've been shot at from Canada all the way right. through, you know, <clears throat> the Dakotas, Minnesota, Iowa, mm. North Missouri, up, you know, uh, there where Habitat Flats is. And then next thing you know, it's like, OK, you know, you're, they're halfway down. So they've, they've seen a lot already. They've yeah. heard a lot. So yeah, that the, the difference is sometimes just, it's also a different sound that they hadn't heard. Cause maybe a lot of same guys blowing a lot of same yep. average stuff. And then you can be 
different and above average and better and more creative and just really hone in. Um, you mentioned something just a couple minutes ago. You're like, you go to the YouTube site to try to listen to what other guys have done. And that is awesome. And listen to real ducks yep. in, you know, on a refuge mm-hmm. and then listen to guys that are really good have won contests. And I know some people say, Oh, contests are, you know, that's not a real duck. Well, a lot of contests are, you know, like the East End and live duck and we do yes. real duck at duck yes. or live duck and, you know, meat contests. Those are, yeah. Sometimes you push the call even there to make different sounds that you might not do every day or all day in, in the duck blind, but uh, at least you're showing what the call can do and trying to get the judge's attention. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, in the end, a, a real good quack and a real good, you know, sequence of, of a greeting and then a comeback. Th- those are all pretty basic that you're going to use anyway out mm-hmm. there when you're trying to bring ducks in. I mean, and then there's a day, all you do is just go, yeah, yeah. And they could just come right in and you put them, t- you know, 10, 20 yards on a plate and you're there. So, mm-hmm. um, but listen to as many ducks as you can in the wild or a cop or, you know, sound files of those, then go to the call and then try to do that on the call. Mm-hmm. And do what the other guys are doing. Even if you're sounding like a guy on a call who's sounding like a bunch of ducks, you're way better than just trying to do something on your own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then when you get real good, or if you want to take it to the next level, then listen to the differences between what cut down or mondos or rockin' R sound like, and you know, listen to two or three of those in a row. Then go listen to a hybrid, a T1 and A5 or a daisy cutter, you know, a short barrel, uh, in a, in a original, mm-hmm. listen to those different. You're like, Oh wow. There's just, yeah, there's, there's so many different things you can do on a J frame versus what the sound file on a Mondo LA or rock and R is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's major differences. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you had such a good point a second ago, uh, about, it kind of just made me think of myself, and maybe that's something I can do do better at this this coming season. Is I tried it last year, and I did. I felt like I started out the season good doing it, and then it kind of fades away. <clears throat> and that is having the different calls on your lander, which I always do. Like say if it's for mallards, and you got um, you got say whatever for me a T one a hybrid. My T one has a three seven zero in it. My hybrid has a factory read in it. And then I'll have, I used to a lot more. I, I don't think I did this much this season is have like a mallard whistle on it. But mm-hmm. you had such a good point because there's times we get so stuck in a rut blowing the same call with the same read, let's say, right? And we're working these six pack of mallards and they circle once, circle twice. They're taking a look, they're listening. And you can just tell. I mean, if you've duck kind of long enough, like this isn't this. They're not going to come in. Maybe you change your sequence. Maybe you change it to more quiet. Maybe you just chuckle, whatever. And if they still ain't coming down. That would be the point to where I need to remember, like grab the other call, or maybe just the whistle. Or I've seen it to where I stopped calling altogether, and that's what fi- finished them. You know, like they, yeah, they wanted to know you're there. They heard you. They seen you. Seen your decoys. Now, the subtle approach. And that would that would be what would finish them. So I mean, you ju- it's yeah. always a constant learning game in in waterfowl hunting. It's crazy. Oh yeah, you gotta try different things. Spot on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's times where literally, and I hunt with some guys who are like 
I don't have a call. And sometimes I kill more ducks with no call. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's great. You know, some guys will just literally sit behind or sit in a blind in a pit, totally camoed up and just wait and wait and wait and wait for ducks to just come right in. Mm-hmm. And on good days, that can happen. Absolutely. Right, right. But it's more fun to wait a little less and yeah. be more active and be a part of getting them there, the challenge of getting them there and putting them right in front of you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and like I said, I can't tell you every season, you know, we get a day not too far in. We're like, okay, that didn't work. That didn't work. You know, I change up one more thing and I look over and look, we all look at each other like, okay, next batch, like no call. We're not going to call them, mm-hmm. you know? And they come in and they'll circle once, two, three times, and they fly off. We're like, okay, screw that. And that's another thing is that every group of birds is different, you know? Like, oh, yeah. So you're, every chance you get is it's either going to work or it ain't. I mean, there's some days it's just hot and they just all come in just like you want to, like you see on a movie or something. But for the most part, every group is a learning experience, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And like, I know you had times when it's like, okay, we're definitely not calling it this next group or even if it's a single or pair or whatever. And then it's like circle once, circle twice. And then one guy picks up a call. He's like, we're like, what are we doing? Are we calling or not calling? You know, then we're like, yeah, <laughs> the duck is still in the air, and we're like, "Whoa, wait a minute! I thought we were not." Yeah, and you know, we laugh. There's so, that one guy that just can't help some, himself, huh? <laughs> well, and half the time that's me. You know, it's like, you know, I, I'm the call guy. You know, and uh, so yeah, it, I mean, it's it's so much fun. Um, but then I, what I like too is, I really like if we are calling them, and 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 I and I am calling birds and trying. You know, I, I think I'm getting them in, and I'm getting shots, letting other guys in blind, of course, get shots. That's like the best ideal day for me is when might have a guy like full blind, even one guy outside the blind, you know, and, um, you know, if you just get everybody a shot, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's to me, it's like, I feel I did my job and I'll shoot last, you know, and I'll shoot, uh, I usually shoot a tighter choke and a little bit bigger shot because, I'm not usually the first guy that pulls up that says, uh-huh. you know, I don't usually pull the trigger on when I say T for take them. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, usually I'm, you know, I don't know, maybe any of my buddies listening to this are going to call me, you know, call <laughs> me out on that and say, that's BS. But, uh, you know, I, t- I try to at least or tend to shoot later, I think. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then, and speaking of sometimes when it's like, that other big argument you have in the blind was, all right, all right, take them. You know, it's like, oh, wait a minute. There was eight more right, right. behind them, these four. And like, then you're like, oh, I didn't see those. Or, well, yeah, but, you know, bird in the hand is worth, you know. Yep. Then you have that argument. Well, you should have yep. called a little bit longer and then yeah. there, just waited for the other group. <laughs> you know how yeah. that goes. It's like, you know, just yep. the, the fun arguments you have. It's like, well, this is a really horrible problem to have right when i know you, you don't know if you should have taken these four because there are eight above yeah you know yeah. that's a good problem horrible first world problems to have <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> i know no kidding hey so what's what's the one thing you're gonna do differently in this 2023 duck season this year 
one thing I am going to do differently, I, I would say, you know, just Saturday I was out at a charity trap shoot, um, and brought I shot an over and under course, you know, not a course, but it it's my first preference when I'm shooting claybirds mm-hmm. versus a semi-auto, and I am going to start the season, I would say, and try to go all year unless it's a nasty rain day of ice where it might get frozen up on that action but i'm going to try to sh- shoot um my uh cerakote beretta 12 gauge over and under mm. all season with my shot cam mounted on that i had never mounted the shot cam on that mm. but i'm gonna go away from a semi-auto this year like i said unless there's a couple days that it's just not doable but that's what i'm gonna do different this year mm. if uh to fully disclose, I think, you know, that's my, I think that's my commitment and see how it goes. And I might hmm. miss less, uh, or miss more, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, you're, I you're going to save some ammo probably. What's that? You're probably going to save some ammo, not taking that third shot. <laughs> yeah. That, that third shot. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, it's also, I guess it's a six and one half dozen the other. Cause yeah. that third shot sometime, if you get several ducks in you're, you got a cripple out there. It's yeah. easier to pop one for your dog. But at the same time, I'm like, is it going to make or break my season? No, yeah. I can't imagine. And so, uh, yeah, I'm. I, that's what I'm going to do differently. What that's about good. you? That's a good question. Um, I, I don't know if it would be differently or trying to fix some things. But, like, when we go on the – what me and Tom talked about, when we go on the river hunts, whatever state it's in, just river in general, um, we'd – I'm about to sneeze here. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Bless you. We want to thank you. We want to get. Uh, we're going to try about a dozen full bodies out and add that to our our arsenal of little tricks. Not saying that's going to make a massive difference, but that's just something we're going to do different. That we've actually never even bought any full bodies, and maybe that's just because we didn't hunt rivers like we do now. But I think just to add that little bit of, uh, um maybe flare it might like it might not change anything but then again i think it's just gonna give a better look so i don't know if that's kind of as dramatic of doing something different as you were i didn't kind of spend the time thinking about that my for myself but um i just think little things like that you know to add throw it in the boat when you're out on the boat and even really on some refuges that we hunt that have some little mud like little mud islands or things with Mm -hmm. you know i think that's as real as I can get the look, I've seen a lot of aerial shots of waterfowl out on, you know, grasslands and wetlands. I mean, that's what they're doing. And I never have that with me. So I'm going to, I'm going to try that this season and, and give it a shot and see if it helps, you know? Oh yeah. I, I think that's great. I, I've had a couple dozen of full bodies and I've used them a lot, uh, used them a little less over the last couple years. Uh, but I've also, uh, had like one or two dozen of full flocked mm. that I keep separate and rig them up differently than the standard deeks that are in the, you know, spread as well. Um, just so I know they're mine and whatever. Sometimes I go out there, I just put in like 12 really nice, like you said, if you do full flocked or, a, um, uh, like you said, a full body, mm. uh, some of the water we hunt, it's a little taller than a, full body, mm. um, the stakes you get that are standard, but no, I mean, gosh, for years, um, 
I had a pit down in the boot heel of Missouri, right at Arkansas, the last exit before you hit. And then, uh, you know, we would put full bodies up all over in the, that flood of rice. Cause that was so shallow, you know, and you could put those stakes in, in any water down there in those rice fields. Cause, um, they, they, they the length was always, you know, sufficient on those stakes. And, mm. and uh, man, I tell you, yeah, up on the, just the, the field levees and stuff, sometimes just adding all that. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge fan of full bodies. So yeah, you're definitely talking my language right yeah. there. I think yeah. that's a great idea. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks. Watch now. So the full body sales are going to go up all because of you. Titus. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, you know, actually final approach came out with some last year, um, I'm really impressed with their decoys. I don't know if you've ever used any of them. They've kind of made a comeback. You know, they were they were dead in the water for a while, but the last couple of years they got some carvers that are world renowned. I I think one of their carvers. I want to say he's. I don't want to exaggerate too bad, but it's probably going to be more than what I say. It's it's twelve to fifteen time champ world champion, and the other ones are the same, pretty wow. much close to that. Yeah. And not only that, because the carving can be one thing, but then the paint jobs, a whole other ball game, and then the longevity of the paint. But uh, mm-hmm. we've been running for two full seasons. This will be our third season this year, and I am really, really impressed because they're using the uh, uh, what's the what's it called? Um, Avian X uses the same uh, paint that's um, basically like baked on. Um, okay. Oh, what's that called? There's a there's a is style. It powder coat, powder coated maybe or no? Uh, it's kind of more it's, metal. No, it's not, but it is similar to that whole concept. Because I mean, you can sit there. Okay. You know, some decoys you can sit there and scratch on, and it comes right off. The paint comes right off. Um, like Avian X's or even these, it's basically baked in, and it does not come off. I mean, you, they can be banging on each other. Because we, I used to not use Texas rigs on my decoys, but then we started. When we started hunting the rivers and and hunting out of the bow lot, but that was that's the only way to go, just for pick up and move right. quick and all that stuff. And um and now that they're banging together all the time, I mean, there's no wear and tear on these decoys. And I'm for two seasons, I'm talking about almost purposely trying to abuse them to the point you're trying to see what they're made of, and there's no issues. I mean, there's no wearing off, no fading. Um, I'm really wow. impressed. Yeah, and I'm gonna try them then. They're yeah, paint schemes. Like they have, I mean, they got their mallards look great. Um, they're, they're, um, as far as a few of my personal favorites, they even have cinnamon till, <laughs> which is cool. They came out with those last year, but uh, their, um, their tills great. Uh, their green wings, their blue wings are really beautiful looking and they're tough as nails. They got the cinnamon till, they got the spoonies, though that's probably the prettiest one just because of all the color of a, a spoonie, you know, and they're tough. Oh, yeah. You got the mallards. Um, they look good. The pintails. I say on the pintails, they're a little, the body size is a little smaller, and that wasn't, uh, they had told me that was an issue they had with the manufacturer. It wasn't supposed to be that size. But as far as the carving and the paint go, it's, it's bar none, you know, so. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal develop high-quality, technically sound products, and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. 
Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Well, you convinced me. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just hearing that story, mm. I'm going to go out and I'm going to definitely this spring, summer, find a batch of, uh, I'll, I'll find them new wherever, either on their site, Final Approach or Rogers wherever too. the best yeah. distributor is. Rogers yeah, and I'm gonna, I'll, get a, I'll, get a, I'll get a dozen or two. Try, okay. Their, do you like widget? Do you hunt widget much? Um, we get some in here. Okay. Yeah, we're widget, but you know, their widget are by far the prettiest decoy. Like you'd almost okay. want to put it up in your office and not even <laughs> hunt over it. Really, I'm, that's All the right. best widget I've ever seen, for sure. All right. Well, but, I, 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 it's going to be like months from now when we have a podcast. I'm going to say, okay, here I'm going to go back. Um, this will be like January, February of 24. I'll be sure to check in with you how I did with my yeah. over and under only two shot season and my uh, final approach mix in of full flocked season. So that's <laughs> well, what I'm going to do differently. You're, you're going to be on before that again. I guarantee. Well, we won't wait. Well, that I long, know, but, but I won't. I won't. I won't be able to do my results. I won't be able to give you my results till after the season. So okay. I'm going to have to remind myself. Yeah. Oh, I will, I'll remember. <laughs> I'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um. Too cool. Well, um, man, I don't want to. This is kind of a long conversation. We're we're getting close to an hour, but maybe let's just touch in for you know ten fifteen minutes and maybe call it good. But let's talk about like shooting practice and uh, including you know powdering your shotgun. I mean, what's kind of what's your thoughts on that and how do you approach that for yourself? Yeah, you know, every uh, gun I got, I have put on a patterning patterning board of some sort um sometimes it's been at a really nice big one at uh the gateway gun club or uh, pacific gun club down in pacific missouri where I, not far from where i live uh or i just been up on my farm and i saved some pizza boxes <laughs> this is kind of crazy if you ever like you're looking for a good patterning board or like a target thing save some of the XL pizza boxes and stick them in your garage and then take them with you out. Cause man, they work awesome. You just take a, a quarter or like a small cup and put a circle around the you know middle of it with the Sharpie and then kind of color it in. And that's your big dot. Right. And just put some lead down range on it at 30 or 40 yards and see where it is. And that's totally helped me. Yeah. Um, and so, like that Beretta over and under that I shoot, I had it parked, uh, had it uh, seracoded the barrels and everything, and it's awesome. And I've banged it up, and uh, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hunt that all year, like I said. Mm. But I know I know it's good. Um, uh, that Beretta 300 I shoot semi-auto the last couple of years, I knew it was good. I put it on a patterning board. Uh, even before that, I just shoot a lot of you know Benelli's probably was my go-to before that and i just it's always helped me because i've always either shot like a you know i've done a lot of heavy shot and um done a lot of just that federal blue Mm -hmm. right from Mm -hmm. i think i talked about it from rogers and as those were like my go-to shells and then uh recently i met the guys a couple years ago to talk about you know buying from friends and getting to know mm-hmm. a brotherhood and all that. The guys at boss were just, you know, they were awesome. Zach over there and 
the rest of the crew. And I think he's unfortunately moved on right now, but, uh, you know, I kind of went to that show also cause my dad was real sick in 2020 mm. knew he wasn't going to be around long. So his old, you know, 50 year old, uh, Remington eight seventy two, three, two or three quarter inch only show, um, with a fixed mod, I wanted to shoot that. So yeah. I, you know, went and bought a case of those boss shells for just two and three quarter inch. And of course shot phenomenal with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I think always knowing what shell works really good and you're the gun you want to shoot pays off. It just pays dividends. You're going to spend, you know, a ton of time doing everything else and, you know, scouting and, you know, driving and do all stuff, make sure your gun shoots where it should. Um, you know, like Rob Roberts, my gosh, he's made a living out of doing that for people Mm -hmm. who don't have the knowledge of the time or both or whatever. I think it's a great industry. You know, I I would love to retire one day and, you know, just pattern guns for a living. I just, I like that stuff. Every new pistol I buy too, it's the same thing. Um, you know, I just bought a brand new Beretta M9. No, yeah, it's a M nine a four. Oh yeah. That's the military. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's an FDE, you know, Brown, it's awesome. Mm. And first thing I did, you know, I go down the range here in, in Bowen, put it on the, you know, paper and then dial it in perfectly. Right. It does. Yeah. It has a red dot, but even if it had an open sight, um, I had those guys down there, um, open sight guns that I pistols, I bought just, tap over it to get what I think is, you know, more perfect and more in line, mm-hmm. um, shoot, shoot the ammo you're going to shoot, you know, in the duck blind, um, shoot it on paper, get yep. it, get it dialed in because there's just no substitute for that. And if, you know, how many times have you had like, how did I miss that? Well, right. you know, might be, you know, might be your, your shot. If you say that several times, Yep. It could just be that you don't have the right, right combination and then shoot more often too. Um, like I said, sun Saturday, there was a charity, uh, trap shoot, shoot 50 trap birds. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. It just keeps you going, keeps your muscle memory, um, go shoot skeet, which does even way more, you know, dimensional training right. for you. And, and um, uh, Overall sporting clays is, of course, awesome. We got a place up here, not far from a lot of the duck clubs called Blackhawk, and and that's a great sporting clay mm. uh, place to go and just hone your skills and keep fresh and you know always get better, right? I mean, how about you? What do, what do you do off season wise? Do you shoot much, or are you just so busy flying kilos? Well, I do fly a lot. Like when duck season's over, it's like. I think that's part of the duck depression <laughs> is knowing that all I'm going to do is work until the next duck season, try to work as much as possible and whatever, prep for that and bills and this and that or whatever, or get, you know, family trips and this, which is a blast. But um, for me, as far as shooting, like I was just thinking that about when you were talking about that place called Blackhawk, we had such an awesome place that I feel like I really, um, didn't take advantage of i mean we used to go there a lot but it was a really cool um it had trap there but we really like going the ski and then the um also shooting their uh 
what's the course called when you you go through um sporting clay the sporting clay yeah they had a course that the sporting clay course which was really cool and you they'd give you a golf cart and you'd run through that whole thing then the skeet was kind of one of my personal favorites and um man they shut down a while back and that was a heartbreaker because it was only about uh, probably 25 minutes from my house and i wish so bad that they had that now because i would probably take more advantage of it you know it's easier to say that once something's gone you kind of kick yourself but I do mm-hmm. like doing that. That helps me a lot. Um, like you said, it's almost more to me because sometimes that stuff can be different than shooting a duck, in my opinion. Um, it doesn't make you worse by any means, but like <clears throat> I think it's more, like you said, the muscle memory of thro- shouldering the gun properly, looking down the barrel properly, and just just how you shoot in general. But like I think the thing that may help me so much, I do I pattern as well. I didn't start getting in that to that till probably three years, four years ago. And I used to remember thinking that how stupid that was that people did that. Like, it's a shotgun, you know, and it's the same <laughs> comments I get from people now. And it's just lack of knowledge, right? You don't understand how important that is. But now after you do yeah. it, you're like, my goodness, I should have been doing this years ago. And this does make a difference because there's some ammos I've shot. Uh, I tried tons. I did several videos uh, on a, years ago and I tried every brand under the sun everything that was possible I bought one box off the shelf I shot it made some videos and seen how it did out of my personal gun because every gun's different and even a different model of my gun is going to do different right and mm-hmm. I was seeing some holes in it the size of bigger than a teal and I'm like right in the middle of the pattern and I'm like not saying that I didn't shoot in front of it or shoot behind it but like you said, there's sometimes they're floating there, and I'm thinking, my goodness, how in the world did I miss that bird? And I would say that several times, like you said. And part of that is also getting just getting better, a bit being better at being a wing shooter or whatever in general. But I think my biggest thing was two things. It was that, um, getting the right ammo and the right choke for my gun and not deviating from that. Number two, the biggest thing is really right up there with that the one I just said was the shot cam. That shot cam, Oh yeah. the first year I used that, I did it on all my hunts and go watch, and I could not believe how much I was shooting behind the birds, you know? And I thought it was a decent shot. Well, um, that just made me realize, like, you are, you can, because of the shot string, because of the trail of, of pellets that go in a string, you can lead a little more than you actually think. And, man, when that next year... After watching that, my shooting percentage went way up. And I actually, last year, a friend of mine owns a website and an app. Um, it's a Freelance Hunt Stats is what it is right now. They're changing the name of it to North American Waterfowler. But what it is is you can track uh, locations. Personally, it's not it's not public to anybody. But it's like a place where you can track what birds you shot, how many birds you shot that day, weather, wind, um, <clears throat> who was with you, put your notes in there. It's super slick. I love it. And uh, I tracked awesome. my shooting percentage last year, and I couldn't believe. You want to hear something funny? Um, I probably, I got a 28-gauge that I hunt with that was new for the first time last year. I have a 20-gauge, and I have my 12-gauge. Well, my shooting percentage, and mind you, if you shoot one a little bit more, your, your percentage is probably going to go down a little bit, right? just because if that's the higher mm-hmm. volume. 
But my 28 gauge, I didn't separate that and see what my percentage was, but I already know, like, I can go look at the hunts that I use my 28 gauge and see that I was shooting around 70, 70 to 75% accuracy, which my 12 was, like, I think I was in the high 40s. And I, I, I attribute that to picking, being more precise and taking your time more on your shots because, like, okay, it's a 28 gauge, right? I'm not going to go right. reach out there farther and this and that. And, um, yeah, so I'm like, man, that's how I need to have that same mindset and same concept no matter what gun I'm shooting, you know? Because it's amazing. Oh, totally. It's amazing how – Okay, so your accuracy goes up. Guess what else happens? You don't shoot as many shells, but you still harvest the same amount or more birds, right? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So. I totally, yeah, I, I, that's a great story. There, you know, for years, I would quail hunt, pheasant hunt, and drop down to 20 gauges for that. And then right not long after, I was shooting quite a bit with my own bird dog, short hair pointer. I went to 28 gauge, and I killed more quail and pheasant my life with 28 gauge and mm. i think the shot strings and the 28 and even a 20 are awesome it's you know trying to find the shells and i do enough. too do Other you think people, you know, do you think like they're people. better dave because for some reason in my mind seeing them on paper they look so much better than a 12 and i don't know what that is do you think that's just my imagination or have you seen that for yourself in your own patterning i've seen it and uh, you know i've read it where again i don't know if it's 100 percent factual or if it's been proven you know beyond uh a shadow of a doubt but i know some guys that say oh yeah by far a 20 gauge patterns really well compared to most 12s and even again with 28s i think i've even seen one or two people put their name to the fact that maybe a 28 patterns better than any other load just because of all the uh you know physics that go into it i, I don't mm. know it I'm not trying to claim anything. I, I right. just have read just from that. what you've and, seen. And to though. me, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'm telling you, like, and I, 20 gauge. I got um, an over and under, and I've got a side by side that I shoot all kinds of clays with. And the one, the one uh, 20 gauge that I really have only taken to the duck blind. I think once or twice. It's a Caesar Garini, so it's harder to like beat that up right, right? It, right. it cost me a little bit more than mm-hmm. my others um but my side-by-side ithaca is just nails of a gun and i love it and it's you know 40 almost 50 years old and i can beat it up and i don't care uh so i love taking that gun i shoot well and i shoot like you said I, if i were to put the t- track at all i'm like i mean I, last time i remember shot that gun to Birds came in, a, a, a hen and a drake, mallard, boom, boom, two shots, two ducks laying there, mm-hmm. you know, shot them dead, you know, and, and I just, there's a lot to that. Like you said, also being more picky, more patient. Because I find myself sometimes, yeah, knowing that I had three shells, just like, bah, bah, bah. I'm like, yeah, I, right. I'm going to shoot two out of that flock probably for sure. You know, mm-hmm. well, no, that doesn't always happen. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 <clears throat> definitely get complacent with that 12 gauge and three shells mm-hmm. uh last couple of years i went down to just three inch only shells that three and a half so, you know mm-hmm. so a lot of guys still shoot that um but a three inch only shell and then this year i'll shoot two and three quarter only mm-hmm. um oh, but you know oh, really? it's just 
That's cool. Yeah, yeah, with that with that boss that they make. I oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what that's um, what I started out with, and believe it or not, it was still. Which I will not suggest that because I definitely was. I don't. I don't feel like that's. I don't like that to be honest. With you. <laughs> like two and three quarters still, just like mm-mm. no. I, oh, steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I'm not a big yeah. fan of that. But. Right, right. So no, I, I think that's great because overall, um, and I, I know a lot of guys around me gone to 20 gauges uh to shoot the 20 you know benelli which they talk about a lot mm-hmm. you know and they do really well with it and that's all they shoot you know I'll, I'll finish with a quick story here um i won't name the name of the manufacturer but this goes back at least 10 years uh bought a brand new gun came in went out straight to the um st louis gun club in pacific shooting trap and you know skeet actually first it's like, gosh, man, I missed several of those, you know, and um, and I kind of noticed it's like on the high house. And I know this mm. is kind of picky, like, man, I'm definitely missing some birds. And so then I went and brought it from there to the other side of the property to a padding board. And I'll be darned, like just the regular seven and a half shots from eight that I was shooting, not duck shot. But you know, it was in the summer, so I had that's what I was shooting. So and and on the pattern board, not no kidding. It's like probably 70-80% of it was above that horizon dot. Oh wow. Right? Really, really high. I'm like, gosh, that is I'm shooting this thing is shooting way high, and you can't change the beat on it, right? right? If it's shooting high. So anyway, I called the manufacturer, they're like, Well, yeah, that that's a newer gun, and we wanted to, you know, it's a great upland gun, so everything flushes from you know, from your ground up, I'm like, well, shoot, I bought this for ducks. Uh, Everything's coming down. You know, I'm not waiting for them to get on the water and then shooting them flushing yeah, upward. Yeah. So I literally, um, you know, sold the gun and put on their full disclaimer. This gun shoots high. If you're a trap shooter or an upland shooter, this gun's for you. And a guy at the hmm. duck club, I mean, at the gun club bought it, you know, hmm. um, it's just, I, I knew something was not right. I was, it just wasn't, going to be the best waterfowl gun for me. And, mm. you know, that's why. <laughs> wow. But I put well, it on a padding board. So anyway. Well, that's where that paid off because you could just get there more and more frustrated if you didn't know better yeah. to do that, you know. Yeah. Now, what <clears throat> you're over and under that you're going to use this season. Um, what 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 gun is that? It's a Beretta over and under. It's like a 690. Uh, I think it's a 692. And I, I couldn't even tell you for sure which one it is uh but i've had it three years now and like i said i had it um not what? parkerized but it had had this um cerakote yep. on it and uh just like a really dark charcoal black on the barrels and and it's just and then the, the, the stock is just an oil finish you know it's not a gloss poly or anything and it just shoots so really well stock. for me yeah, huh? Yep. And, it's a wood. and I guess there's no worries well, with the rain or weather. That ain't going to hurt nothing on that as yeah. long as you got the barrel and everything yeah, it, cerakoted. Sh- right. It should be fine. But like I said, if there's a day or two where it's like going to be frozen, you know, uh, or sleeting rain and mm. a heavy, heavy downpour, maybe, but I got to go out and try to shoot ducks, I might leave it in. Um, but I'm going to try to take it, yeah, every day. Um, I love it. It shoots great. Actually, it's here's another quick story. I, you know, they took the little bead off the front sight bead that it was a brass, maybe colored, and uh, took it off to cerakote it. And then 
you know, didn't put it back on. I was going to screw it back on. And I started shooting with it off at the range. I'm like, so I shoot with no bead on that gun. Yeah. And to me, it's I'm just looking straight down a flat plane. And it's like, I know where I'm shooting and it works for me. Wow. So, Wow. That's interesting. Now I'm curious what kind of choke how do you like to do your choke like do you like your the top to shoot first and then the bottom second or how do you set that up and then what so a two-part question first off do you want top or bottom shooting first and then the second part is what choke do you have for that as well like what do you like to put as far as chokes in that so i like to shoot the bottom barrel first just because somebody told me that and taught me that years ago mm-hmm. on over and unders because they say it absorbs the recoil a little bit better because mm-hmm. the top barrel first will kind of jump on you or come back a little bit higher on your face or cheek or shoulder or you know so that's what i heard years ago literally mm-hmm. so i try to shoot the bottom barrel first um you know like right now i've got a pair of improved mods you know screwed into both of them because okay. it's like either or now, yeah, could I and should I get a little more picky, like a mod and then improve mod for the second shot? Yeah, I probably should. But I've done that also in the past, and I didn't know much of a difference. Mm. So yeah. and my buddy he has plenty of choke tubes, and I, he, I had doubled up on improved mods. So that's what I got in both of them. Right well, now. It, do you just have factory ones in there, or did you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And they pattern, they're factory, they pattern but, good, they're, huh? but they're extended. They are extended. The factory okay. ones on them are are extended. So uh, mm. yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I also like flush tubes too. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, right. really. I I kind of you know sometimes I kind of <laughs> prefer going back to the old school, just a flush tube because I can swing it sometimes better. Um, but if I'm shooting a lot and I'm really really in a groove, then you know. Extra length doesn't matter to me. I'm, you know, splitting hairs at that point. Yeah. I actually hunted, man, I don't know, two or three seasons with only with an over and under because I had a shotgun stolen and out of my house, unfortunately. But I I bought that. It was a cheaper brand. I really wasn't happy with it, to be honest with you. And it was for the same reason, like you said. You, I shot so high. It was unbelievable. But um, I tell you what. I wasn't running out of ammo like everyone else around me was. <laughs> and anyways, I like shooting over and unders too. And just in general, so I, I really like your uh, plan for this season. I'm curious to see how it works out for you. And that might be something that I, a challenge that I pick up here in a, you know, two or three years. I like, cause I kind of try to do that every season too. You know, like this is what I'm going to do this year. This is what, I, this is the goal. I'm going to set a challenge for myself. And I, I like doing that. I kind of do that stuff every year in different ways, you know? But yeah, yeah. No, a couple guys I've seen in the past do, Hey, I'm going to do 410 only, or I'm going to do 20 yep. only, or, you know, or 20 mm-hmm. only. And that's awesome too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to see, stick to this, you know, over and under, see what happens. So yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I know myself and everybody listening is probably be curious to see how everything goes for you and you'll be on again before that, but we'll definitely, definitely going to have to get like mid season, uh, update from you with all the things we talked okay. about today. But, uh, well, that's for sure. If we don't talk before then, for sure, by the mid-season, we'll do it. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. I, yeah, like I said, it's, it's always a pleasure time. to be on here and converse with you. And it's always a great visit. The first 20 seconds, I was still kind of getting my bearings here at my desk. So apologize for that. But no, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, what an awesome visit. I hope things are 
going well out there for you and the fam. And, uh, you know, let's just stay in touch and appreciate yep. everything you do for the whole waterfowl world as well. I appreciate that. And uh, tell Vaughn I said hi, too. She's yes, the, I will. She's the working behind the scenes, always getting those calls out, like you said, quick, and who knows all the other stuff she does. So we appreciate her, too. And you, Dave, I appreciate you coming on and, and the friendship building and maybe even get to see you later this year. So um in, yeah in the person yeah, in the flesh <laughs> so yeah we'll try we'll try to put it together that's that's a that's a good good goal to have so look forward to it all right guys thank you for joining us on this episode and we'll see you on the next one <laughs>